Well, hello and welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio. Your host, Chris Honholtz, joining you on this September 3rd, 2021. We've nearly made it through the entire year. And yes, I did just say it was just me tonight. I appreciate your guys' patience with us. And thank you for being uh, very patient with us last week uh, as we put out on social media. And uh, for those that maybe even saw in the show notes, um, Rich's family was being impacted by the hurricane that hit last week. Uh, Ida actually came in and hit the Gulf of Mexico and hit really hard. In fact, I've got friends now who live in Pennsylvania who are experiencing massive flooding. Yeah, flooding in Pennsylvania. I even here in New Jersey that uh, because of the massive rainstorms that have come as a result of Ida, uh, but we Rich had uh, has excuse me not had but has two sons that live right there uh, outside of New Orleans, right in the path of Ida, and uh, obviously there was a great deal of concern for their well-being and their safety, and uh, obviously all eyes were on that. And recording the show was the <laughs> was the lowest priority at that point. We wanted to make sure everybody was safe. So thank you for allowing for that. By the way, Rich's sons are fine. Uh, they were able to hunker down and be safe during the storm. Of course, their area lost a lot of power, uh, as did a lot of people. And uh, they made it over to uh, Mississippi, where Rich lives. And they're staying with uh, other family members. That's why Rich is not with me this week. He and his family, they're all kind of taking care of one another right now. And uh, just, you know, taking time to be with family uh, before everyone heads uh, back out once those power um, gets restored and, and such like that. I believe that w- there was another ex- member of uh, Rich's family, an extended member, who did lose their home. So for those who were impacted and affected by Hurricane Ida, please be in prayer for everything that is going on down there and be in prayer for Rich's family. But thankfully, everybody is well. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for being with us and being patient with us during that time. Uh, would like to o- remind you, as always, we are part of the Christian Podcast Community. That is a fantastic collection of podcasts by a, a variety of Christians who have come together for the purpose of having one place that you can find sound biblical podcasts uh, at your fingertips. So you can just go to the uh, Christian Podcast Community, and I think it's podcast.strivingforeternity.org, as I, I believe I've said before. And you will always find a good collection of podcasts there. Definitely encourage you to check it out. Always want to encourage you to check out our website, slavetothekeng.com. That's, of course, where you will find our Contact Us page, our social media links, our links to previous shows, our RSS feeds, our Apple uh, podcast link, etc. And always encourage you to check that out. And, of course, we always would love to hear from you. Uh, In fact, we would love to have ideas from you, things that you would love to hear us talk about. It gets hard sometimes to <laughs> come up with show ideas without sounding like we've treaded over the same territory more than once. So uh, we would love to hear from you. If you would love to talk to us about a program that you've heard, if you have complaints, if you have concerns. Um, I believe there was somebody who left a review for us on Apple Podcasts, but now it's not there. At least according to Chartable, it was there. It was not a polite review. It, it seems that they did not care for what they thought was more political direction. and It seems maybe even objected to uh, some things I've put on social media. 
Um, that's certainly their choice. You are always welcome to say things that you don't like uh, as long as you are polite and kind. I don't know why that review didn't show up. Maybe they changed their mind, took it away. But uh, I it, just want to say we're not we don't object to he uh, hearing from people even when they don't have something kind. If you want to say something that uh, hey you disagree with us and you want to take an issue with it, hey, got zero problem with that as long as you show respect. And if you want to bring the bring it up for discussion, we've always asked bring your rival and bring it in context, and we'll we'll hear you out. But uh, please always feel free to give us a, a contact. We can be reached at voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com, and we would always love to hear from you. So with that in mind, I uh, just want to kind of dive into tonight's topic since I don't really have my buddy Rich here to do banter with, and maybe that'll help keep things a little bit tight. Um, while tonight is not political in nature, for those who may object to our to our sometimes political commentary, and by the way, when we do delve into the area comment, uh, politics, we try not going to say we succeed, but we always try to make it an issue of there is a theological reason, a biblical reason to bring that topic up. Now, I know a few weeks ago, I did one on the issue of of fighting for liberty because I do believe it's important and I think it's worth Christians getting involved in. However. As I did say on that program, I hope I at least made this point, every Christian has to make that decision for themselves as to how far they're going to take that. I don't believe that every Christian needs to be basically George Washington and John Adams and uh, Hamilton and everybody else who signed the Declaration of Independence and ready to go to war. I also think I uh, commented that I am not one who is advocating for armed rebellion as well. But... Uh, that's going to kind of maybe touch into a little bit about tonight. So uh, I don't want to make it a political show, but politics has kind of bled into this particular topic. And it may be a topic we're all getting very weary of, but it won't go away. So I think this topic help, will help us as Christians deal with other issues in a manner that I hope is a bit more biblical and how we treat one another when we have these differences. So that's what I want to kind of get into tonight. So what am I talking about? Well, the ever-present, nobody's favorite topic of COVID. Now, relax. Not going to talk about whether COVID's bad. Not going to talk about whether or not you should or shouldn't get a vaccination, should or shouldn't fight. I'm not going to talk about any of those things. What I am going to talk about, though, and I did touch on this uh, the last time I recorded... Uh, and, and hinted at hopefully this would be the topic both Rich and I would be t discussing, uh, is how we as Christians have kind of dealt with this issue, especially when it comes to the issue of uh, the mandates of vaccinations, masks, etc., and how we're dealing with that issue online, especially with one another. Uh, and what I hope to do, and I don't like to necessarily use myself as if you know, everything in my life is so spanky that you just need to hear about it or it's just that important. But it's these experiences that I'm seeing that hopefully I can use to frame this discussion. So maybe that will help paint a, a cleaner picture and then explain why I feel like this is an issue of how we talk to one another on this matter is important and how we deal with one another in this matter is very, very important. So with that in mind, let me, let me give you some backdrop as to what's going on. Um, I kind of touched on this 
on the last program that I recorded that I had to do solo. I hate it when Rich is not here. Um, but I, I'm glad he's able to be with his family. Just uh, just kidding a little bit, folks. Um, but the last time I recorded, kind of touched on this. What happened? Well, I work for a state, a state agency. In my state, our governor has decided that if you're not a vaccinated person and you work for the state... Well, essentially, you're treated as though you are a danger to the public because if without a vaccination, well, you could be positive and you could be spreading it around. Well, people who get the shot seem to be getting sick and spreading it around, but that's a different story. Anyway, so the point is, if you're not vaccinated, you are required to submit to weekly testing. By his own admission and has been stated in our own Local news media, the intent of this is to, as they say, nudge state employees to get the shot. Why? Well, if all the state employees get the shot, then, hey, look, the state employees trust it. Therefore, more of you will get the shot. At least I think that's the logic. I wouldn't say that's very logical. Uh, I actually think it's very manipulative. And I actually think it's actually uh, quite intimidating and bullying on the part of our governor. But that's that's where we're at. So what happened in that situation? And by the way, I'm actually going to give another ditch that I'm watching people fall into. But this is the first one. So I was very upset with about, about this. I know a lot of state employees who are very upset about this. And I know that my state is getting a lot of tests for the last few weeks because people would rather test than be taking the shot. Just kind of how it goes. Um so I don't, I don't think they're getting the, the compliance they hoped they would get. But it was very frustrating because we all knew what it was. It was an, a direct attempt to intimidate and bully state employees into taking a shot when the, uh, they did not feel of their own conscience that it was a good idea to take it. Either for bad reasons or for good reasons or for middle of the road reasons, everybody had decided I don't want that shot. Now, I don't mean everybody in the state. I'm just saying everybody who was not vaccinated had made a decision that they weren't prepared to take that shot yet. So, <clears throat> excuse me. With that in mind, you've got this effort on the part of, a, of the state to force individuals to work against their own conscience and take the shot by basically inconveniencing them to the point where they're like, okay, I give, I'll do it. That was very obvious what was being done. It was discriminatory, it was intimidating, it was manipulative, and it was wrong. But it was the law of the land because they can state those kind of requirements for state employees. Just what it is. And one of the other things is that there were representatives for people like the department that I work for that weren't willing to fight it. That they had looked at the landscape and they had seen where other representatives for other agencies around the country had tried to fight it and lost. So they didn't even step up. They weren't even willing to try. So that was very, very frustrating for me. Here I am, somebody who's getting very close to retirement, but I can't because if I retire now, it takes a, a significant chunk of my, my income. Um, I am a single income earner for my family. I don't make a ton of money. I'm able to pay for the, the relatively inexpensive mortgage when you consider what most mortgages cost these days. Um, I'm not going to get into numbers, but mine is lower than most people that I know. 
Uh, the only person who has a l lower mortgage than I know is my father, and he's paid off for his paid off his house. So, um, I, I'm one of the very few people I know that have a mortgage as low as mine. Uh, I we pay for we've paid one vehicle off, and we are paying for a second vehicle only because the first vehicle has almost two hundred thousand miles on it. So we don't have a lot of amenities. I mean, obviously we pay for the internet that makes this show possible. Uh, we do have cell phones for the family so, uh, because we have boys that go to and from, but I have a discount program because of what I, the field that I work in that actually makes that a bit more affordable. Uh, we don't have high-end equipment. We don't have high-end vehicles. Uh, we live, I think, well within our means. And when I say within our well within our means, uh, that means when the water heater went out and it cost us two grand while it pinched I was able uh, I was able to replace it without having to rely on credit that doesn't leave me a lot in the bank but it allowed God has provided through this uh, employment for me to do these type of things so I say that because it leads into what some of the things that I was told about when I made my decision about how to deal with testing so Please understand, there's a reason I'm, I'm going into all this. I'm not, please don't think I, in any way I'm, I'm saying, oh, feel bad for me, I, we're poor. I, I make enough of a paycheck to provide for my family and do so within reasonable means. So I'm not, you know, we're not, we're not dead broke, but we're not, we're not rolling in it either. So that was, that's important to understand because if I were to do, if, to do what some people suggested, it wasn't feasible in the way that it was being suggested. So what happened? So I, I was very frustrated with it. I was very upset with it. I was back and forth. I, I, I seriously considered uh, leaving my career field, uh, knowing that it would take, but, but at the same time, knowing it would take a, a significant impact on my family's well-being, um, knowing that I didn't even have a plan for how I would deal with uh, where am I going to work, how am I going to make up a difference, what time of time frame am I looking at to do this. All of these things are going through my mind. I'm, I'm praying about it. I'm talking to my family about it. I even sit down with my pastor and talk about it. And ultimately, um, I'm very grateful to my pastor. He gave me some, I think, very sound biblical advice. And that was, as we are dealing with such difficulty and we see all these different uh, trials and tribulations coming our way and and it seems like there's never going to be a way out from under that that there are just some trials you're not going to get out from under um, what do we do and, and we seek to be obedient to God and we do so submitting to him submitting to his commands and trusting him to carry us through the most difficult circumstances and I thought that was very profound and very biblical uh, counsel. I'm very grateful for my pastor's uh, counsel in this. And ultimately what that resulted in is me going, right now what God has provided for me and for my family is this job. I don't like what's being done when it comes to the issue of testing, but to continue to provide for my family, I will submit to that test. Obviously it doesn't take a genius to figure out that with the now uh, approval of the FDA approval of at least one of the vaccines, that that could be the next thing that happens. Praying that that's not the case. Pray we don't have to face that. But obviously, at least at this stage of the game, my decision was, okay, Lord, I'm going to submit to you. 
I'm going to do what my employer requires of me so that I can provide for my family and continue to serve you in the way you've called me out to. Well, excuse me, had to get some water there. So why is that important? Well, that's where social media is just this double-edged sword. <laughs> um, and I'm learning something more about social media than I've ever learned before, or at least been willing to learn, I guess. Uh, as more people have tuned into this program and as more people have followed Rich and I on social media, more people have interacted with us. More people who, who don't know us in the per same personal way that some of you guys do. But those number of people have grown. And with that, of course, uh, with that growth comes more voices who want to contribute to what you have to say, which means if you're not just simply talking about your show or you're not talking about an article or you're not talking about the, just straight theological issues or something like that, and you talk about something personal, which is what I sometimes have done or have often done and am now tailing, tailoring back, um, when you talk about something personal, those people who followed you because of their interaction with you online and because of the podcast, they want to have input. And I understand that. Social media invites that. I get that. So please don't misunderstand that I, and, and think that I hate that idea. It, it, it invites it. Well, I posted my frustration, scheduled my first test, and expressed my frustration that how I had to do this. But I was going to do it. Now, I will say first and foremost, there were many of you who were very kind. Very, very kind. Very supportive. And even though you hated it as much as I did. And then there were the rest of you. <laughs> I know some of you really meant well. Uh, I don't think anybody, I think, I, let me rephrase that. I think some of you that responded really need to learn what it means to not be a jerk for Jesus. Just say that right up front. Um, but I believe a lot of people who did respond, even though the responses were questionable, um, in my opinion, I think there many people still did so with good intentions. I don't think they were trying to be mean and disrespectful. I, I, I just think very assured and, and very unwilling to waver. So what happened? Well, along with those who were very kind, there were those who immediately said, don't submit, don't test, quit, resist and be fired get and then sue them, um, etc. And initially I tried to be respectful and interact with those. And I said, no, I've got to provide for my family. Uh, and, and this is why I say, I know some of you really meant well, I know one individual who she was, she was trying to be very kind. Um, she's like, and I understand, but you know, your family needs freedom too, because she's talking about the Liberty issue. True. But first and foremost, I got to pay the bills. I got to pay for the mortgage. I got to keep the roof over their heads. Um, and so that's where, as I was interacting, and this is where maybe the person who posted the review who didn't like what I, my social media, maybe this was the time they were looking. I don't know. I was starting to get a little testy because as I would put up, hey, I've got to provide for my family, I began to see certain things. One particular account, who is going to forever remain blocked at this point, um, said, well, 
fighting liberty is not simply for the backs of bachelors. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had another person refer to, uh, basically equate my decision to do so is, well, that uh, sounds an awful lot like what the Jew, the, those Jews who took the yellow star, uh, you know, in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, another individual, and again, I believe his intentions to be very uh, noble and, and very trying to be helpful, I really believe, basically said if I continued to do it, I was doing so willingly, I had no right to complain, and I was making myself a slave to the system. So at that point, I was starting to get a little bit upset. <laughs> I will say that um, I started losing patience, and that's on me. I, I, I will take that. But my, my standard answer simply became, are you willing to pay my mortgage and put food on my table? And I will say this, not one person volunteered to do so. Not one. Why is that important? Well, because you had a lot of people that wanted to cheer me from the sidelines and were willing to watch me lose my job, willing to watch me uh, potentially lose my home and, and pr uh, provisions for my family, as long as they could cheer me from the sidelines and say, hey, you're fighting for liberty. Great for them, not so great for my family. And uh, as I told so many others, it's, uh, I think it's 1 Timothy 5, 8 that says that a man who will not provide for his relatives, especially those of his household, is worse than an unbeliever. So that really changed where I was beginning to see how this was being done. Now, I don't say this to say poor, poor Chris, because I know some of you agree with that position that it would be better to be willing to be fired, to, to quit the job, etc. So I'm not asking for sympathy. I, I want to provide some, some backdrop. There's another side to this, and I'm going to provide backdrop for that as well. Um, but what happened was is you had some individuals that were unwilling to show any grace in, in regard to this. I, I've had one person, that the one account that said I was saying... You know, I was basically putting the fight for liberty on the backs of bachelors, flat out called me a coward. Point blank, just called me a coward. I had another individual who equated my decision to being the same as the Nazi soldier who shot um, Jews to provide for his family. Yeah, that was the other, that was the other objectionable one. Objectionable one. Why is that a concern? Well, you... It's because we have an issue that's not a sin issue. Is it a sin to get a COVID test even if you object to why you have to take it? No, there's no sin in that. Is it even a sin to submit to getting a mandatory vaccination? Let's say you're going to school and the school requires it. No, it's not a sin. So why are we telling Christians that they're cowards, that they're same as a, a Jew who wore the star, a Nazi who shot the Jews, or, uh, or have no right to complain because they don't believe what's being done is right, even though they feel they should submit to it so they can provide for their family? It's called binding one's conscience. That's what that's called. Is, see, this is a conscience issue. We are, not, we are neither commanded nor forbidden from submitting to testing. We are not commanded nor forbidden to take a vaccination. This is a matter of conscience. We have to decide for ourselves where we're going to submit to on this issue. For me, the area of conscience simply boiled down to, I have to provide for my family. So what was more important? What, in my estimation, as a servant of God, 
who has a family, what was more important? Was it the fight for liberty or was it the, to provide for my family? Ultimately, for me, I could not w sin against my own conscience when it came to fighting for my family. I had to take care of them. So that was where that was the first ditch, where those of us who hold to a position where this is wrong, the mandates are wrong, this is government overreach, this is abuse, this is intimidation. That was the first ditch, not allowing for a Christian to say, even though I don't like what's happening, even though I believe what is being done wrongly by our governments is, is, is being enforced upon people, this is not a sin issue. Therefore, I will submit to provide for my family and trust in the Lord. That was the first ditch because we're not allowing for conscience. We're not allowing for grace. We're not allowing for a difference of opinion on this issue. Now, where's the other side of this ditch? Now, those of you that are chafing at the bit, you know, a little bit and getting angry with me, well, now you can take a deep breath. And those of you who think, oh, good, you see the right, you see the light. Well, the other side's going to get hit now. So what was the other side of the ditch? Well, those that are Christians who believe that it is a, is a moral good to get the vaccine, to submit to testing, to do all the mandates, I've observed that side of the coin as well in, in the last week or so. Um, I'll give you a, the most recent example was an individual when I, I've never met this person. I've never encountered them online before. I don't know how they found my post other than they probably saw it as a share from another individual on Twitter. Um, but I was saying praise God about what happened in Texas. Now, obviously, at this point, y'all should be aware that Texas has a heartbeat bill. And meaning that you cannot abort a child that has a heartbeat, which is detectable within six weeks. Now, for those of you who are my abolitionist friends, and I love every one of you, and I agree with you, I, I do not, I am not a an incrementalist per se. I, I I don't, but I don't gnash my teeth when a law that protects the lives of children survives. Okay, um, you're right. Abolition is what needs to happen. Is that going to happen? Don't know. Don't know if that's going to happen in our lifetime. But I, I agree with you. It needs to happen. But thousands upon thousands of babies who will survive because we could detect a heartbeat and now they can't be murdered in the womb. Praise God. I'll praise God for that. So coming back to what I was talking about, I shared that. I was like, praise God for that. Well, this individual who, after reviewing their account, uh, is adamantly pro-vaccination and adamantly believes as a Christian that it is a pro-life stance to be in favor of uh, mandates, questioned me about, okay, I agree with you. This is a good pro-life stance. Do What is your opinion about uh, you know mask and vaccine mandates? Well, quite simply, I believe that mask and vaccine, excuse me, mask and vaccine mandates are wrong and that they are a matter of conscience for the individual. It should be a matter of conscience. Whereas abortion is a clear sinful issue because it is the clear murder of another child. So where one is a decision of how you take care of your own health, the other is the absolute murder and absolute and wanton murder of a child in the womb. Well, this individual, no, no, that's not what it is because you're affecting other people's health. Maybe. See, that's the problem. That's the difference. If I'm not vaccinated, but I'm not sick, 
I go out in the public. I'm not sick. I don't. I haven't been carrying it. I'm not around people who've been carrying it. And I go to the store and I and I buy my food and I go to the restaurant and I eat and I never wear a mask. And I never have a vaccination. Am I going to infect anyone? Of course not, because I'm not sick. You have to assume that I am sick or assume that I'm a stealth carrier, and you have to assume that the only way to guarantee that can't happen is that masks and vaccines absolutely work every single time. Well, there's no way to assume those things. It's not even scientific to assume those things. In fact, the evidence is starting to show contradictory that even people who are vaccinated still get sick. Even people who are vaccinated still share it with other people. So I, I disagreed with this individual. Well, repeatedly, up to the point where I basically had to say, I'm no longer engaging you. Please go away <laughs> before I have to block you. Um, this person's stance was you cannot be truly pro-life if you're only concerned about babies in the womb. You have to be pro-life on the issue of COVID as well. That's a massive ditch because what are you doing? You're binding the conscience once again of an individual by saying they must vaccinate. They must wear masks because they clearly are a danger and you're clearly going to kill someone. And so therefore you've now made it a sin issue when it's not a sin issue. <clears throat> we have never looked at, you know, uh, illness, the potential possible spread of an illness by someone who is or is not exposed and may or may not be sick as a sin issue before. What we have seen and what we can point to in scripture is when you are sick, God has said, as he, he did for the, you know, the, the, the laws for the Jews uh, in the Old Testament, that isolation of the sick was necessary. But we have never, and you cannot point to in scripture anywhere, where it is said the, the, it is to be presumed that the well are sick and therefore to be isolated and treated as though they are sick. There's nothing in scripture that allows for that. So this individual has turned scripture on its head to bind the conscience of others so that he feels justified by saying, you have to support mandatory vaccinations. You have to support mandatory uh, masking because that is a pro-life position as well. And then I've seen this with other individuals and I won't get into the, the one person who will get really upset, <laughs> who takes real offense when it's pointed out to them that they've become an apologist for the vaccine. Um, but there's there are individuals who spend a awful lot of time on the internet going from Twitter page to Facebook to YouTube or whatever to respond in the positive about everything when it comes to the vaccine. And if you have even the slightest objection, how, no, 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 you are following a conspiracy theory. You must believe this is a positive good and I'm going to feed you this until you agree with me. I've seen that as well. And it's not just one person, although there are there was one example, but if I use it, it's going to cause problems, so I won't do that. Um, but the point is, on one side of the ditch, you have individuals who want to bind the conscience of the Christian that you must take the vaccine. You must support mandatory vaccinations. You must support um, masking, social distancing, and isolation because that's truly pro-life. And on the other side, you have people who are, will, who are saying, no, no, 
I'm going to bind your conscience because it's a liberty issue. I'm going to bind your conscience because if you don't fight for this, you're just as bad as a Nazi soldier or you're just as bad as the, uh, the English sympathizers who try to thwart the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the war of rebellion and, 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 the, and the founding fathers and etc., right? You are, you are just as bad as those English sympathizers. You're a coward. You are a betrayer. You're a Benedict Arnold. And in both situations, what are we talking about? We're talking about something that is not a sin issue. We are talking about something that, while very important, let's make this clear, both sides have reasons to see this as very important. And even the people stuck in the middle have a reason to view how they come to their decisions as very important. This, this, these are not um, which color drapes should we pick out? Which, what flavor ice cream are we talking about? No, we're not talking about that. We are talking about a very real virus. We are talking about very real people who get very sick at times. And sadly, even though we've isolated the the numbers out of context to make it sound far worse than it is, even though it is bad, uh, we make it worse by isolating it from any context. There, are the, those numbers, we do have people who have died and continue to do so because respiratory viral infections are some of them are very dangerous and can do terrible things to the human body, and that's what's happening here. So, very important discussion. We have the freedom to be concerned about it and discussing it and trying to convince one another. See, that's something I, that I want I want to point out. We should have the ability. Not necessarily to bind one another's conscience, but to talk about it, discuss it, seek to convince one another, but ultimately recognize that as Christians, we cannot bind the conscience of one another over a non-sin issue. So let me let me give a biblical response to why I say that. Now, this is a it's this passage is not talking about viruses. I get that. But I want you to understand how Paul spoke to the Corinthians about an issue that was not, or about how they should uh, deal with one another on something that wasn't necessarily a sin issue. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, starting in verse 1. Now concerning food offered to idols. Stop right there. Food offered to idols. Now, not Offering food to idols. That would be a sin issue, right? Food offered to idols. What is he talking about? Going into the marketplace, purchasing meat, knowing that that meat very well may have come to the market after it, that animal had been sacrificed to an idol. Is purchasing meat and eating meat, no matter how the animal was treated, is that a sin? Of course not. Because nothing happened to the meat. It's not tainted with that idol. The idol is nothing. It doesn't exist. It's just a statue. It, it has no substance. So the meat itself, there's nothing wrong with it. You can eat it. You're free to do so, right? So concerning food offered to idols, going back to verse 1, we all know that, uh, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs us up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not know. He does not yet know as he ought to know. 
But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Remember, knowledge, we have it, but it can puff us up. But love is what should, is what we should be focusing on to build us up, right? Being knowledgeable about something can make you arrogant. It can make you prideful. It can make you act in a way you shouldn't toward another uh, another uh, brother or sister in Christ. Verse 4, Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and there is no God but one. For although there may be, sin, may, uh, there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things, and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things, whom are all things, and through whom we exist. So going back to the fact, a meat that was sacrificed to an idol, there's nothing wrong with it because there's no other gods. There's only one. We know this. So that's the knowledge portion. However, not all possess this knowledge. Some people, new in the faith, they don't have this knowledge. They don't. They don't realize there's nothing wrong with it, right? But uh, so, however, not all possess this knowledge. But some, through former association with idols, eat foods, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. So, for them, this there's a conscience issue here. They're not actually sinning if you take away the, that you know if you if their knowledge is informed, they're not actually sinning. But because their knowledge is not informed, they're warring against their own conscience. Okay, so if you force someone to eat meat and sacrifice to idols, and they know it's a meat sacrifice to idol, this can violate their own conscience. Now they're sinning, right? So we're we've got this issue where it's not a, actually a sin, but we can be forcing someone to sin against their conscience. Uh, verse eight: Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat. We're no better off if we do. But take care of this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. This is key. For if anyone sees you have knowledge, sees you sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, and the brother for whom Christ, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if it makes if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Now, that's a whole nother discussion we tend to get into about professional weaker brothers and, well, you can't do that around me because it could make me stumble. That's a, an entirely different discussion. But why is that important? You have an issue that's not actually a sinful issue. Eating meat, 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 sacrifice to idols. You know this. The, the, your brother, maybe not so much. But you can stumble him by your behavior, by your insistence, and by your pushing the matter. You can actually cause a person to stumble. What is Paul getting at? It's actually better in how you treat your brother, if you even didn't even eat meat around them, to not make them stumble. Now, there's a point in time where we address that issue of weakness and knowledge over time, and we teach them and we build them up. But what are we talking about? We're talking about a conscience issue. You can actually cause a person to sin against their own conscience by binding down their conscience to yours, right? Now, what's happening here? We have freedom. We have freedom to eat meat sacrificed to idols because we know there's no sin in it. Well, how does that relate to vaccines and viruses and fighting for liberty, etc.? Well, here's how I, I, I tend to make that connection. And 
I'll leave it to you to decide if this is a proper connection. In this life, we have a very important issue going on right now. For some of us, we, we, we recognize that whether we take the vaccine or we don't take the vaccine, there's no sin. But we do recognize that a freedom issue is at hand. If everybody chooses to take the vaccine, that's their choice. If I choose not to take the vaccine, that's my choice. However, if the government intervenes, now you've taken that choice out of the way. Now I have something I feel I have to make a stand upon. Okay, you in, in your knowledge of the situation and what you have de uh, determined, you have decided this is a stand worth taking. Others may agree with you on this issue. And so you, you find this common bond with one another and we encourage one another. And I actually agree that what's going on, by the way, with the government trying to enforce these things is wrong. I, it is an abuse of authority. <clears throat> However, once we then step one step further and say, okay, we can all see the problem here, right? Right, right. Okay, you agree. Okay, none of us can take the vaccine. None of us can support this. We have to fight against this. And some hands go up and say, I can't take that stand. Well, why not? This is liberty. This is important. I, I get what you're saying, but we agree that it's not a sin if one takes the, the shot or submits to testing, correct? Well, that's not the issue, Well, but we agree, right? Well, okay, yeah, it's not a sin. Well, if it's not a sin and I have to family to provide for, as much as I hate this, I'm going to do it. What happens in that moment when we step across that line and we go from finding that common bond to I'm going to bind you to my conscience and say you must fight this? It's the same as when you are pushing the individual who has a belief about the meek sacrifice to idols. You have an individual whose conscience is bound to his, you know, is serving his family. That's where God is now. Whether that is a weak position or not is not the issue. The issue is, where's his conscience? His conscience is in provision for his family. His conscience is, if I lose this job, I have to provide for my family. What happens? I'm worse than an unbeliever if I don't do it, right? So, I can't stand with you in this fight. I, I have to take care of my family. If you come along and say, you are now a slave to the system. You are now this. You're now as bad as a Nazi. You're a coward. You're that. Christians, this ought not be. You are trying to bind this person's conscience in the same way that a brother who tries to tell someone, you have to eat that meat sacrifice to the idol and tries to bind that person's conscience, you are actually, you may be actually causing someone to sin against their conscience. Now, I did say we can have the discussion, and we should. I would argue that unlike the meat sacrifice to idol, it's not a sin, it's not an issue of being lack of, uh, of understanding theologically about the issue of liberty. I think whether you're standing for liberty or whether you're standing to provide for your family, you're making a conscious choice. And this is going to be two different Christians can decide two different things. But in the same way, you can attempt to bind that person's conscience to your own position and they, you can cause them to sin against their own. If we work through these issues and yet we still don't come to the same agreement, can we not agree 
that if I push the issue further, I could be doing what Paul warns against here. I could actually be causing someone to sin against Christ and therefore me sinning against them and sinning against Christ. And so when I step out and say, you're a coward for not standing up for liberty. You are a, you are a Nazi sympathizer because you're willing to provide for your family. I'm attempting to bind the conscience. Now, flip to the other side of the coin, the other uh, you know, ditch, where the person says, you must take the vaccine. You must uh, be willing to stand up for mandates and require people to do this. Well, if I'm a Christian and I believe that it is a moral good to do this for other people, that's fine. But am I willing to say two different Christians on two different, uh, on the same issue can come from two different perspectives and neither of them is wrong per se or sinning per se. Remember that the weaker brother isn't wrong in so much that he's sinning against God because he's choosing not to eat meat sacrificed to an idol, right? So let's say that you're the person who believes it is a moral good and that God would want us to take these vaccines. And I would argue against that, by the way. But let's say you believe that. Well, if I'm the weaker brother and I believe that submitting to this, where I'm being treated as though I am a guilty criminal and I must be uh, must be pulled into this. I must be treated as though I am going to hurt someone. I'm going to kill someone. And I believe that forcing my family to take an experimental medication that has very little testing, even though there might be broad based, there's a lot of people involved. The length of time has not been, uh, has not been determined. And I'm seeing that the, uh, the results aren't always good. And there have been some bad side effects that have been reported if I believe that forcing my family to take that is a sin because I could potentially be harming my family and you come along and attempt to bind me to your conscience because no, no, you're not pro-life if you are not, if you are against mandates. It's the same effect. We are not talking about an issue of sin because it is not a sin to either take a shot or not take a shot. It is not a sin to wear a mask or not wear a mask. It is not a sin to submit to the requirement of your employer to receive the vaccine. It is not a sin per se to stand for liberty and say the government doesn't have a right to do these things. Now, there are places where all of these things can be sinful because we have issues of pride and, uh, and arrogance and shaking our fists at God and saying, no way am I going to uh, you know, submit on these issues. No way am I going to trust you. There are places that we can do that. But the simple fact is that these issues of themselves are not sin issues. See, we're not commanded to be the saviors of the world by getting a shot. We're not, command, we're not commanded to be the, the leaders of, uh, of a new American rebellion and stand for liberty. We're not commanded to do any of those things. We are commanded to be servants of Christ and to make disciples of other nations. We are commanded to live in submission to the Lord. We are to 
call out sin when we see it. And when the government steps out of line, we have the right and ability to say to government, you are out of your lane, get back in your lane. But I am not commanded to do that. And so when we say you have to fight or you have to be uh, vaccinated, we are attempting to bind consciences on matters that are not of sin. Okay, so that is that is a problem. And once we start doing that, then I think we walk into the line where Paul warns the Corinthians, you can actually cause someone to sin against their own conscience and you yourself can be sinning against Christ because you've done this. So two more passages I want, I want to share with you. This was some things that Rich and I were talking about. Um, these, with these things being matters of conscience, when we start speaking to one another and we start trying to not just go, okay, we've been working through this, but we're at an impasse and we're not, we're not coming to agreement. Instead of saying, hey, you're still my brother in Christ. I still love you. I, I disagree with you on this, but hey, no problem. We'll, we'll move forward. This is, these are issues of conscience. Rather than do that, we start bringing out the name calling. We start bringing out the, the attacks against character. Um, let me just bring a warning to you. James writes to us in uh, chapter 4, verse 11, he says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. What is he saying? Don't speak evil against one another. Now, we're not talking about, he says, don't, you know, he's saying, you know, it's, it's, this is not that place where our, our, our favorite, uh, favorite 11th commandment folks like to come in and say, judge not lest you be judged because that's completely out of context. We make judgments, but if we're not, if we're talking about something that's not a sin issue yet, I demand of you to come to my uh, side of this and stand where I stand. And when that person doesn't, we call them a coward. We say they're not pro-life. We start attacking their character. You're speaking evil against them. You're speaking evil about them. You're saying that there's something wrong with this person. We're not, we've no longer gone into an area of just not agreeing on this topic. You're actually making a judgment of this person. And so when you say, well, um, you know, you are, you are um, mischaracterizing and, and falsely uh, speaking against the uh, uh, against all these scientists and how dare you 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 don't know anything you're an ignorant fool or you say well you're just a nazi sympathizer or you're a coward and you're you're not willing to fight for liberty you have made a judgment about this person and you have used we are to use the law lawfully. We are to use the law when a judgment starts with the household of God. We use it in a way to bring conviction of sin and draw a person back to Christ, right? So if we start using that ability to judge them, guess what we're doing? We're speaking against the law itself because the law is not to be used that way. We've become a judge. We're no longer, and he says, if you do this, you, but if you, he says, you are speaking against evil against the law, you judge the law, and if you, but if you judge a law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor? We are not talking about, hey, Chris, you know, um, I see what you've been saying about, you know, the, the stuff about, uh, mandates are bad, and I, and I get your point, and I, and I agree with you on those. But you know, the way you, um, the what you've been encouraging people, this kind of rebellious nature, where you're actually like 
bordering on telling people to march on Washington armed rebellion. Dude, you're sinning against God because you're talking about advocating violence. That would be, that right there would be an appropriate use of the law. You're bringing me back saying God does not call you to advocate for armed violence. You're, you're sounding like Antifa over here. You're talking about tearing down the, the walls of government or whatever. You know, and I mean in a literal sense, not, not the... Uh, not in a um, figurative sense where we're talking about, you know, changing government back to what it should be. But if I was to be like advocating Antifa type re rebellion and like burning down cities and I was getting that far and you brought me back with the word, with the, God's law and you're calling me from sin. Great. Proper use of the law. But on an area where it's not sin and we disagree on whether I should take the shot or not take the shot, take the test or not take the test. And you say, no, you're wrong. And if you don't do what I am calling you to do, you are a coward or you are this or you are that. You are making a judgment that the law does not give you the ability to do. You have become the judge over me and you're no longer a doer of the law. You're a judge. Well, there's only one judge and that is between God and and the person being judged. You're not the judge. God is. And then the second passage, as Rich pointed out, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin, James 4, 17. If I, between myself and the Lord, have decided on an action, and I'm not, and somebody pulls me away and, I, and and there's no sin in what I'm doing. I'm seeking to serve and honor God as best I can. And I know in my mind, based on my time, my, I'm reading the Bible, I'm talking to my pastor, I'm, I'm sitting with my family, and I know this is the right path. And someone tries to pull me away from that. And I don't do what I know is right. It's that conscience issue. It goes back to, uh, you know, the uh, Corinthians where it says that, you know, for the sake, you know, you destroy the person, you know, you're wounding their conscience when it's weak and you're sinning against Christ. You're sinning against brothers and you're wounding their conscience when it's weak. You are in the same way, you know, for the person who knows the right thing to do and he doesn't do it, for him it's sin. And then when we are involved in pushing an issue to making someone act against their conscience and we're attempting to bind them to ours, not bind them to scripture, but bind them to our own conscience. We can be causing people to sin because they know what the right thing to do, and for them it is, uh, it is, it is a sin when that happens. Romans fourteen chapter four: Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. This is in a matter not, you know, and, and, and by the way, this is again talking about issues of of uh, eating meat. Uh, you know, going back to verse one in chapter 14, as for the one who's weak in the faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person may believe, believes he may eat anything while a, a weak person eats only vegetables. 
uh, you know, you know, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. You go into verse 5, guess what? Here's another conscience issue. One person esteems one day as better than, an, uh, than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind that the, uh, the one who observes the day honors, observes it in honor of the Lord, the one who eats and eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God while the one who abstains and staves in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. These are issues of conscience, and sometimes they may or may not be informed by weak understanding of Scripture. That's possible. I don't think that's the case here. I think what we're talking about are issues that are important. They need discussion. They need to be worked through. But there's going to be a point where there's not a per se straight, flat out, this is exactly what the Bible says, answer, and you have to do this. Because a person who believes that the best thing they can do for themselves and their family and the people around them that they love is take the vaccine, then by all means, take the vaccine. That's what you believe is the right thing to do. By all means, please do so. If you believe that the vaccine is questionable and you don't think it's going to help and you think that if you, uh, you know, if you submit to or having your children forced to have that put into their bodies when you're, you, you're worried about what it will do to them, whether it's informed well or not, you know, that's their, they, they get to make that choice. And if you believe that mandates are a horrible thing, and that's what I believe, and you stand against that and you want to fight against that and you want to, you know, in, in a biblical manner, in a manner in which you are not sinning, you want to stand against that, do so. Guess what? All of those are positions everyone can hold and not one of us is in sin. Do we get that? Not one of us, not one of those three things I just described is an issue of sin. That's why this is so very important to understand. We are talking about matters that while important, and I will say this again, very important, at whether, no matter where you stand, this is very important. Not everyone is going to agree. We can all make very firm statements, and I got no problem with that. Um, in, in fact, one of the people who responded quite coarsely to me uh, and has is on block status, uh, I happened to see something that Owen Strand posted, and even though a person can be blocked, you can still see what they share. Well, that individual tagged me in what Owen Strand said. Owen Strand did a great post about how to deal with if you are a person who is facing a mandate from your employer about having to take the uh, the the shot and you feel like you can't he gave great points about how to deal with it I have zero problem with what, what Owen wrote I think they were great am I gonna do everything that Owen said no my situation's different <laughs> you know um, and I, I, I am almost certain that Owen has zero problem with somebody going, I agree with you on that, but I view it this way, or I choose to do this. It's, I, I've yet to see Owen come strike down with thunder and lightning bolts telling people, if you don't do what I say here, you're going you're gonna to be in sin. So Owen take a great, what I think put a great post up there, and I think it was very informative for people <coughs> who feel that they should take that kind of stand. 
when it comes to the mandate for a, uh, a vaccine in their employment. But I don't see him striking thunder and lightning and, and, and calling people uh, coarse names or questioning their um, commitment to liberty or freedom or anything else if they disagree with him. And I believe it's because while I think one of the things I love about Owen Stram is his willingness to say, men, we have to act like men. Owen also cares about scripture and he cares about what is right and true. And he cares that this, he, while we do need to stand on these issues at times, he's not going to command that every person must do exactly as he says on this thing. He's going to encourage you to stand, you know, be, you know, be a man, stand upon the word of God and do what the word of God commands us. And he's going to give you his direction, what he thinks on this issue. And he's not going to condemn you if you're not going to be in agreement on him. He might debate you. And that's fine. I got zero problem with debate. But at the end of the day, I believe he would still embrace you as a brother. And I, I embrace him as a brother. And like I said, I'm not, it's not like I am in disagreement with him. I'm just, that would happen to be one of the things I saw before this, I decided to record podcast tonight. So I wanted to talk about that too. So, again, I want to make this clear. In no way, shape, or form is this episode about me telling you what decision to make about the vaccine. Chris, you just said X number of episodes to go to fight for liberty, and yet you won't fight for liberty because it might cost you. I also said every Christian is going to have to make a decision on where, that, where they take that stand. I am not going to demand, and I can't, I simply can't demand of every Christian that they stand up and be a, uh, a George Washington or a John Hamilton or a, a John Adams uh, and say, you know, we are going to fight and we are going to uh, obtain liberty and we are going to make the, the tyrants fall. Because not everybody who lived during that time did that. And I don't think that, it, that people who didn't fight in the war were necessarily sinners. I believe there were many people who fought, and I think they were, we should be grateful for them. And I think there were people that took care of their families at home, and I'm grateful for those people too. Because every one of us has a place that God has put us. And every one of us has to stand upon the Word of God, and we have to stand before the Lord, and we have to serve Him the way we believe, according to Scripture, that he has called us to serve. You know, before his own master, he will stand or fall. That is what we are there for. And on issues that are not matters of sin, we cannot bind one another's conscience and become judges of the law and rather than doers of the law. We cannot demand that something that is not a sin that a person do it the way we want them to because we know better and therefore cause them to sin against their own conscience. You want to talk about it? Talk about it. You want to work through those issues? Fine. But if a person comes to the conclusion, I can't do that, the moment you step across from trying to discuss, debate, convince to the point of derogatory statements, judgmental statements, calling names, calling into question one's character, 
telling a person if you do if you do it that way you have no right to complain telling a person they're a coward or binding them to the other side you're not a, you are not pro life you are not a, a christian if you do this then you have gone beyond simply working through an issue you are now judges of the law you are now binding one's conscience and you could very well be guilty of sinning against Christ himself because you have gone beyond trying to convince. Now you are on the attack. Now you are judging and you are speaking evil of another person. So I thought that was important. I hope you guys take this for what it is. I know there are some that may listen to this tonight who know me on social media and maybe were part of those conversations. And maybe, excuse me, my mouth's going a little bit dry. Maybe you're getting a little bit upset because some of the things you said were used as examples. Please understand, I am not in any way, shape, or form attempting to attack. I think I made it clear at the beginning. While there were some who were absolutely out of bounds, you know, you, you know, when you when you basically equate someone to a Nazi sympathizer or call them a coward, or when you question their stand in the faith, no. You're that's that's sinful, okay. I'm sorry, that's sinful. I said that some of these individuals, though I was and and I admit I was getting pretty hot under the collar myself, and that's why I basically have backed off about talking about these personal issues online anymore because I'm not going to open myself to that anymore. But, um, I do believe some people were well intended, but I think it's important for we as Christians that we have to remember. These are issues that while we believe them to be very important, and sometimes they very are, very much are, if they're not sin issues, we got to watch how far we, excuse me, how far we take this. Because if we're taking it too far, we can go from the realm of discussion and debate and trying to convince to attack, slander, and, um, and even sin. Okay. So I hope that was helpful. I hope this may, even if you don't agree with how I've represented this, and I, and I understand not everybody's going to be in the, in, in the same boat and, and how I discussed this topic tonight. Um, but this is how I've been ruminating over this for the last couple of weeks. It's what Rich and I have kicked back and forth. I had really hoped to have him on tonight because I know he would, he would be so pastoral in how he would uh, address this and, and where I, my shtick tends to be very factual, teach, here it is. I, I'm not the pastoral <laughs> heart that my brother Rich has. I, I wish I was. Um, I would love to have had him on for that, and maybe we can talk about it when he comes back. Hopefully next week, God willing, no more chaos. That would be wonderful. Um, but I, I, I wanted to still address this because it's an ongoing discussion, and I I didn't just want to leave it. Um I, th I think it needs to be talked about. I think we need to talk to one another in those ways. And I think we need to help one another when we see ourselves going down that path. I've been, I, there have been times in my life when brethren have been kind enough to pull me aside and go, hey, knucklehead, knock it off. You're being a jerk. And uh, I, I think we need to do that for one another. So let's, let's do that. Let's talk about these things, but let's watch where we're crossing those lines and let's not seek to bind one another's conscience. Okay. So thank you for being patient with yet another episode solo uh, with me. I, I had, Rich and I had planned actually up until I think 
day before yesterday, the plan was for us to both be doing this tonight. Um, but circumstances are just what they are. And, and family is always going to come uh, before this program. Uh, we have always said that. In fact, one of the reasons our early programs were so hit and miss is we were trying to figure out how best to make this work and yet still take care of family. And so uh, as our families have gotten older over the last five years, it's been a little bit easier to do that and be more consistent. Um, but uh, just pray for uh, Rich, pray for his family. Thank you for your time and continuing to be part of this program. Uh, it still amazes me that so many of you listen and tune in. I, and I, even though I said at the beginning there was somebody who did leave a negative review, I still encourage communication. I still encourage reviews. Um, I don't think that the one negative review, I don't know what happened to it. So the, the individual out there who refers to them as an ex-listener, Chartable, put your thing up there. I can't find it on Apple Podcasts. If you deleted it, I'll leave that between you and God. I, I don't I don't care if you didn't, uh, if you wanted to leave a negative review, that's that's your choice. Um, that, I'll leave that up to you. If you want to say something negative, hey, this that's your choice. So you have that right. I'm not going to demand that we only ever get positive reviews. Um, are they nice to see? Sure. It helps us know that we're doing a good job. It helps others to see that you think there's something valuable about it. But if you feel there's that there's something wrong with this show and, and you feel that others should be made aware of that, you have that right too. Uh, we've never shied away from being, uh, has had something negative. It's not like we invite it. Believe me, nobody likes to hear anything bad about themselves. Um, but I want you to know we, we welcome the input. We always do. Uh, so feel free to contact us again, voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, just want to say, if you're gonna if you're gonna um, bring critique, make it critique. Don't don't be don't be harsh. Uh, don't be mean. Don't be uh, you know. I guess you can be harsh. Just don't be mean about it. Uh, but be willing to do so in a manner of, of love and respect. And if it's an issue of just disagreement, then we can disagree. I'm okay with that. Doesn't bother me. Um, like I said, does anybody like to hear something bad about themselves? No, they don't like to hear it. But sometimes we need to hear it. And so if we're wrong, we need to know we're wrong. Or if you just don't agree with how we approached it, that's fine too. Uh, I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not asking for a flood of negative reviews, please. <laughs> but I am saying if you feel that compelled to do that, I, I, it's not that big a deal to me. It's, it's, it's what matters is are we serving the Lord? Are we trying to do His will? And I hope that's what we've accomplished with this program. So... Love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, you can always uh, write us about it, voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. Most of you who listen know how to reach us on social media, so you're welcome to get a hold of us there. Um, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for letting me uh, spend an hour with you. Uh, look forward to speaking with you guys next week. God bless you. Good night. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.